Hello everyone, welcome to the Black and Empowered podcast produced by the Empower Lab. My name is Liana Giulio and I'm the social media manager for the lab. On today's episode, our lab director, Dr. Aisha Metzger, is interviewed on Reese Radio. She discusses her upbringing as well as her work and our research in the lab. Please enjoy the conversation and visit our social media pages at the Empower Lab and the Reese Radio Show at R E. E-C Radio. It's all about star power. Stay tuned because you know Reese is going to have one of your favorite stars with him today. Stay tuned. That's right, man. We live back at it. We got another special guest with us today. We are not going to be playing with y'all at all. We had this young woman who is making some big moves in her industry, so we're not going to play around with her name today. All right? You are live on Reach Radio. Let me do this first before we get this thing all the way jumped off. Shout out to CNBA 107.5 in Charlotte. Shout out to Michigan, Indiana, and of course Miami with the, the show the game that I'm part of with my boy Potty Ali. You know, you locked in with your boy Reese right here on this Tuesday, and we're going to break it down for you right now with our special guest, Dr. Aisha Metzger is in the building. Y'all make some noise for that. Yes, sir. Boom, boom, boom. On fire. There we go. <laughs> I like it. The island vibes. Okay. Right. Let's get all the way to this thing. We're not going to play around with it. All right. So you uh, come highly recommended to the show because we always try to bring somebody that you know can add to the culture and the stuff you're doing with mental health awareness helping people deal with trauma is something we need right now and then you're fighting it on the the grassroots level with helping people directly then you're helping other people to help people and then you're fighting it politically too so we got to talk about all that all right let's do it you're right <laughs> it is a, a multi-level approach to like you said, attacking systemic racism and all the issues that we're facing across society. So I'm happy to jump right in and talk about it. All right, let's do it. Let's go ahead and give you your biggest intro ever because we like to do that around here, okay? So if you're ready for the biggest intro intro ever, just go ahead and give me a, oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, Dr. Aisha Mesker is a licensed clinical psychologist, director of the Empower Lab and owner of the Cultural Concepts Consulting. She helps people through concerns that include, but are not limited to, anxiety, mood swings, substance abuse, risky sexual behaviors, and self-harm. This is where it gets sticky. It's not just stuff you can look up on her bio. Okay, well, some of it, it might be. We ain't gonna tell nobody else. Dr. Mesker is not only a first-generation AT alien by way of our motherland, specifically speaking Sierra Leone, but she also holds multiple degrees in top institutions like UGA and SC and shares her knowledge at prestigious university campuses like Yale and Georgia State. She holds awards in research and is named in the top 40 under 40 she's could respectfully devil as a model by judging by her instagram pictures and candy you know <laughs> flicks on the beach all right dr aisha Meska is live on the re-show y'all make some noise for her yes sir listen i need to record that i need this i need that intro for everything you're right about it <laughs> It's recorded. It's live now, right now. We on YouTube. We on ReachRadio.com, and we will get you a copy, Miss Lady. I'm gonna repost it, right? I'm gonna use that's my intro from now on. I appreciate that. That's what the biggest intro ever is up for. Let's get down into it now. Um, you, we named all of that stuff, but what does it really mean, and what will it mean for our audience? It means that you're helping people on a mental health front, and we've seen so many instances, especially on the news, TV, CNN, uh, Fox, whatever. People are having mental health breakdowns left and right. 
Even when it comes down to uh, famous people, we see it on Instagram, folks, you know what I mean? Going through it, but you're helping people through these things. What made you want to focus on like mental health? Um, I think it, it started early on. So you mentioned that I'm from Sierra Leone, uh, West Africa. So I think that early on, just seeing myself, seeing my family members who were refugees from the Civil War. And then you said I'm a, a, a ATLian. So growing up in College Park, right, just seeing how many differences there were between myself and my friends in the neighborhood. And then I was bussed up to Sandy Springs for uh, elementary school. So really just being a part of the system pretty early on, I realized that the differences that I was seeing and the strengths that I was able to bring out of myself and through my family was really based on kind of mental health and the way that I was thinking about myself and my environment um, and kind of even the family and community issues that we were going, um, going through. Uh, just kind of early on, I realized that it all starts in your mind and then it all starts about how you think about yourself and about other people in the world around you. And that really um, kind of influences the ways that we are able to navigate and succeed in society. So um, understanding pretty pretty quickly that it starts up here and that's, that's where health really um, has an impact for us. I had like a trickle down effect. I can see that right now. You're tuning in a re-show live. We got Dr. Aisha Metzger. She just taught me how to say her name. So I'm going to keep saying it. I love it. <laughs> I see you, Aisha. Uh, I appreciate really, that. No, no problem. That's really dope. Um, when you talk about it came from self. You were probably a kid that was a little different than other kids coming to school. I was feeling the same way because I moved around a lot. So my elementary school years, I was a new kid on almost every single school, every single year. Right. And come with challenges. And you saying that you're, you're growing up on three different fronts. You're already coming from an immigrated family. You're on the South side. We you know inner city growing up is already has its own challenges to deal with. And then you're getting bust up to Sandy Springs, which is a whole nother demographic. Right. Right. So just the people um, looking worldwide that may not understand the demo, you're talking about the South side, which is like inner city. Okay. That's most major cities and mostly African-American or, or Afro-American, right? Black. Then you move up to Sandy Springs, Sandy Springs just to go to school, which is predominantly white. You're talking about more of a um, social economic difference. So you got people with more money up there. So the school system is different. Right. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. It's not right. a school system. And you're taking in all that as a kid. And you say moved, right? So I never moved. I was, uh, if you're familiar with the MPN program, exactly. So I would be at home playing in the hood and then getting on the bus in the morning, driving up to a completely different world, meeting white people for the first time and right, navigating that. I was a African booty scratcher for the first time when I went to elementary school. So all of those kind of interpersonal relationships and realizing that, yeah, there are differences that I see here back home and in the neighborhood, but these are my people more so, right? And really just forming my own identity and starting to think about right the world and how I fit in in the world uh, really just started my interest in in mental health and kind of how it impacts our behaviors as well. Right. Right now we were Dr. Aisha Metzger. We're talking about her upbringing and what made her want to get into mental health. And that's deep. Uh, I got into what I got into from just talking junk all the time and, you know, playing basketball, playing sports. And it made me get into different realms of communication and, you know, more into the culture of hip hop and stuff like that. But the way you grew up, you're catching so many different things. You, you kind of like, you're like a child, almost like, I want to say a child prodigy in a situation where you're like, I, I you know, I want to help people that may be dealing with my type of situation. 
Right, right. And back then, right, it was me giving teddy bears to kids who I saw were acting out or were sad. And like you say, joining on the playground really came to being back home in my neighborhood. But then when I went to elementary school, I was having to join in a different way. Like, how do you come back to a racist remark, right? Thinking about how do you respond to microaggressions as we call them now, but it's different, right? If you back home and you're talking about your mama versus being with white people talking about your mama or your hair or how you talk. It's a it's a different type of comeback that that we have to learn how to navigate as well. Yeah, unfortunately, we do have the things in a race. So, like like people, we got colorism. We got we have different things, right? And then we have uh, uh, American blacks that have different issues with immigrated blacks, right? Africans, Haitians, anybody. So you're talking about you in a neighborhood and you got another black kid and they call you a, a, a slur and in their their mind they're just joking if whether like you said african booty scratcher right then you go up to a white neighborhood and this white kid says that it hits different it hits real different right <laughs> you can talk about me at home we can talk about each other but it's different when you step outside of the neighborhood and you're talking about each other you're right yeah how do your parents help you navigate through that do they tell you like okay just ignore that or they tell you you hit a head on like what what's that yeah. like So what I'll say academically is that my parents helped me navigate it through a process called racial socialization. So we talked about racial pride messages and things that I should be proud of about my heritage, about my physical appearance, about my academic achievements, about those from people that came before me, right? And that is able to kind of mentally block the other messages that you're receiving. They also prepared me, like you said, for those barriers that I would face. So for colorism as well as kind of racial slurs that I would face. Um, That's academically, right? So in the day-to-day, that looked like if they call you this, this is how you respond. Mm -hmm. That looked like my dad physically coming up to the school and saying, listen, nothing's wrong with my daughter. She's smarter than all of you people, (laughs) right? So she's actually speaking three languages and you guys are thinking that she's, right, emotionally deficit or that she has vocabulary acquisition problems. Uh, The first time I got called the N-word, my dad told me, "Uh uh-uh, you go back to school tomorrow and either you come home suspended or you're getting dealt with at home, right? You sound so I was having to it sounds like my dad, like, hey more. man, you're not gonna let them folks do nothing to you that you can't do more. nothing back to them now. Exactly. Good parenting. Either you get in a fight or we getting in a fight. So I had to go get in a fight, right? Right. And you turned but out all right. I turned out all right. And now, right, thinking back, I learned how to advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. Now, when you introduce me, you say that I'm an advocate, right? So I'm able to now talk to other kids about, all right, I know you want to fight. Let's talk about what that fight could look like, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how you can leave a paper trail. Let's talk about who you can go report that to at school. Let's talk about the noise that you can make with that anger that you feel and the systemic changes that you can make. Um, so certainly it started from like you said, my mom and my dad saying, no, 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 we're not taking that. And we haven't taken that and we won't in the future. And this is how we address those issues. Isn't and certainly those, those conversations led to, like you said, what the work is that I do today. Right, right now we were Aisha Mesker, we're talking about it. And I don't want anybody to get confused with what I was saying. I don't want you going out there fighting to tell your kids beating folks up, but I do want everybody to let their kids know it's okay to stand up for yourself. It's okay Absolutely. to tell somebody that, hey, okay, you don't like the way I look, but listen, I'm super smart and I like the way I look. You're just empowering yourself. So I like what you're saying. I love it. So I feel like you've you done some of this work already. And that's absolutely right. Right. So we validate a kid when they say I'm feeling angry or I feel like I want to fight. And the response is absolutely you 
should and you should want to defend yourself and this is how we can and what you just gave was a perfect example right this is what you can say in response and this is what you know about yourself and it's that sense of identity and that sense of pride that allows you to say okay not only do I know these things about myself but I'm not going to allow you to bring me down this other path right that ends up with me being in trouble or getting suspended or getting expelled or going to jail, right? Because, or getting killed, right? Because all of these things happen more for people like us. So really just taking all those things into consideration and at the end of the day, knowing, okay, I'm going to win, right? I do know that about myself. Yeah, but you are winning. Let me hit this hype bell. We got a hype bell around here that we like to punch when people say great things and you are doing just that, Miss Lady. Uh, right now we're at Reshow Live. We got Dr. Metzger. We're talking about her journey. Now I want to talk about the new journey. Well, not really new, but something that I haven't seen too much. Not only are you helping the people, but you're helping other people to help people. How did you get into this line of work where you're training other people to be psychologists or to identify these mental health issues and attack them? Um, I would say that I was kind of thrown into this line of work by my previous mentors. Um, so as a trainee, I did start to realize, so when I say a trainee, um, I'm a clinical psychologist by trade, which means that I had to do five years of uh, psychological research, but I also had to do three years of just clinical work. Uh, so while I was doing that clinical work, I started to realize I was in Charleston, South Carolina when Dylan Roof shot up um, Emmanuel. Um, AME. So I started to realize, wait, first of all, I'm the only black clinician here. And of the white clinicians here, none of you guys are having the conversations that you need to have with these families, right? The lack lack of addressing the situation the way we needed to be addressed because we're on the other side of the trauma. Right. So we're talking about a shooting Mm -hmm. and talking about how to respond to a mass shooting, but Mm -hmm. we're not addressing the race basis of the shooting. Right. So we're not addressing all of these other concerns that the families are having. Um, And through that, I started having in consultation meetings and different training environments that I was in. I started um, kind of emerging as a thought leader, emerging as someone who was integrating my research in racial stress and trauma into that clinical work. Mm. Um, so my mentors just started saying, all right, well, put this into a PowerPoint presentation, put this into a publication, put this into something that you can give to other people so that they can learn how to have these conversations as well. Um, so I, um, did some training videos online. And from that, people have just started reaching out to me saying, hey, can you come do this workshop? Can you come do this training? Can you do consultations and audit the way that we are working with uh, Black families, Black kids, and Black adults in the community? Um, So it really just started by people saying that they needed the work that I was doing and me kind of responding to it in a systematic way so that, right, if you see me do this training, now you're able to use that vocabulary and practice it with the clients that you're working with. And I'll come back and I'll watch the film and I'll give feedback and allow people to, um, one, increase their confidence in the work that they're doing, right? So in being able to have those difficult conversations with Black clients, but two, increasing clients' responses to those conversations. So what we see is that Black clients who were dropping out of therapy now we're staying in therapy or black clients who weren't even coming to therapy if they were referred because they say, oh, my clinician didn't know how to talk to me. Yeah, now yeah. they're staying in, now they're coming and now they're seeing those benefits. Get the hype bell again. You're saving lives right that way. I love it. Uh, right now we're with Dr. Aisha Mesker. You said something because 
a lot of times social media show us that we need to be in those rooms on the side of retail where you had those H&M situations. We need to be in the rooms inside of media where we see the media is throwing a different narrative or they put up a picture of somebody who should be the victim, but they put them up like they are, you know, the person committing. So now you enter that conversation on the, on the mental health front and you're saying, Hey, we need to be in those rooms as well. And I'm going to, I'm going to make these videos. I'm going to listen to my mentor and, and heed that calling, even though that wasn't something you, planned on doing in the first place so salute to you right right thank you thank you thank you and I do think that like you're saying it has been more impactful right so it's not just me who's able to have these conversations I barely see clients now at all right but all the people that I'm working with and having these trainings with now they're out able to have these conversations and they're having them more effectively and they're more confident when they're having them so I do think that that's a, a great benefit of the work too we need to do that. We need more of that because I've seen a therapist and I was like, this person is not connecting with me at all because they don't understand the, the culture. They don't understand any of my struggles. They're going off of what they know and what the book says, but they've never been in that. So I get it. I get it right now. Dr. Aisha is schooling us and we right here with our notebooks. Um, how was this work going for you during the pandemic? Ugh. I mean, how's it going for everyone during a pandemic? The world is ending, right? Um, what I'll say is that it's given me a lot of time to focus on this work. I think that the pandemic has really um, put a spotlight on a lot of the racial stressors that Americans have been facing for such a long time. Um, I think the pandemic allowed us time to kind of sit down and do the work. So a lot of the trainings that I was having to fly out to do now, I was just doing on Zoom virtually. So as opposed to reaching two organizations in a week, I was meeting two organizations in a day. Um, so it was um, a time of being able to amplify and increase this work, but at the same time, right? It's hard. We're all trying to survive. We're all navigating right coronavirus and those uncertainties. I am in my sister's basement right now. That should be the answer to the question. <laughs> I mean, it changed for everybody. Uh, and then people were able to find a way. Like you said, you were able to. Now you're reaching more people, even though it's not as personal but you're still able to touch the masses. So we salute you for that, for keeping that work going, especially this time. We need that. Like a lot of people are looking inward and then we may not like what we see when we look inward. So we need a mental health advocate or a psychologist, somebody like you to help us get through that. Yes. And I will say as much as you are on FaceTime and as much as you are on Zoom like you are right now, if you could just make an additional appointment, if you're dealing with any stressors, jump on. There are mental health practitioners. Everyone's doing telehealth right now. And that's because of the pandemic as well. So certainly if it was a, a barrier for you to take off work or to go and get an appointment with somebody after work hours, um, take advantage of kind of this opportunity that we have right now to have these kind of face-to-face -face but virtual meetings with people who can help talk through these very many, many, many stressors that, that we're all going through right now. Yep, absolutely. Dr. Aisha Metzger, she's hooking us up with some information. Now, how do we identify with a person that may be dealing with something? So if I walk up to my homeboy, he's limping. I can say, yeah. hey, bro might want to get your leg checked. Now, I don't like the way that looks, but I may identify something with a person I care about, love, or, or, or I'm associated with mentally and say, I don't know how to address that person and say, hey, man, you need to go see a shrink. How do you say that without offending that person? Do you have a, 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 like a suggestion for that? Yeah, so I think that that comes in kind of 
two parts, right? So one is if you see somebody who has a limp, right? That is something that you can point at and identify and say, hey, I feel like you're limping or I feel like you're more angry or more stressed than usual. I feel like you're dealing with more problems than usual. Maybe um, you could benefit from somebody who's trained in helping people deal with problems like that. Uh, but what, what do you do if you have somebody who you can't even identify that limp <laughs> and it's just somebody who, right, they're just generally more angry or they're just generally, you're noticing being more exposed to these sorts of stressors. It can be a benefit to say, right, not that you need to go to the doctor to get fixed, but we periodically go for checkups, right? We periodically even go to the gym and we eat right and we do different things to take care of ourselves. Right. So something else that we can do in addition to nutrition and physical activity is that mental health part. I um, mean, just like we go for yearly checkups at the doctor, just like we might go to a personal trainer once or twice a week, you also could go and talk to somebody once or twice a week just to make sure that you're keeping in shape mentally um, or just to make sure that you're keeping in shape in terms of your behavioral strategies. Um, so when we talk about mental health a lot, I do always focus on the, men the mental part of it. So if you have any thoughts or emotions that are distracting for you or problematic for you, but also behaviorally, right? So if you're noticing that you are acting out or lashing out or more angry, um, or your, your relationships are more strained. Those are different things that you can look at in someone that you care about and say, listen, you know, they're trained people who can help you with these problems you're having at work or with your friends or in your community even. All right. Absolutely. I, I love the way you just put that. It makes it easy or simpler than, hey, maybe you should just go get, you know, checked out. And it's not like you're going to admit yourself. <laughs> it's just going right. to somebody because they may be understanding what you're going through. And especially right. they've been through your training. I already know they're going to be able to connect. <laughs> <laughs> and, and truly, so what it is, is it's our, like you said, it's our job as trained psychologists to be able to say, listen, whoever you are who comes into my office, I know nothing about you, right? I have a very small portion of training, but you are the expert in your experiences. So my job is really to get to know you and what your strengths are and what your experiences are so that we can use the little bit that I know to help you. So it really is a, a kind of joint process where the person who comes in is in the driver's seat and you're just really guiding them and helping them to those strategies. And to see clearly. I love it. Uh, I talked to Dr. Nicole uh, last week and she was saying something similar. Some of the people that may have hangups about seeing a, a mental health physician is that, oh, this person is going to judge me. But you kind of hit it on the head right there and said, no, I'm working with a clean slate. It's no prejudgment. I just want to help guide you through whatever you're going through. Yeah, man, come on, you need to be a therapist. So if you said that to a client in the first day, a lot of the issues that we have, even the ones that you talked about having with your therapist, right, those walls would all be dropped. But we as therapists have to be able to have that very simple, you just said it in 60 seconds, right, but having that conversation makes such an impact. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Dr. Aisha Metz is show, uh, sharing her beautiful mind with us right now. I do want to ask you about this because we've seen so many things on Instagram with these uh, crazy Karens and stuff like that with the police. Uh, but you have a racial trauma guide online. Tell us a little bit about that and how people can tap in with it. 
Okay, so what you do is you pick up the racial trauma guy, and if you see a Karen, you throw it at her head. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So the racial trauma guide is an online guide that allows caregivers, that allows individuals in the community, it allows adults, emerging adults to really go through at their own pace, at their own kind of liking to read resources, to read information about racial stressors and how they impact our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors. Also their strategies and resources around being an ally. We talked a lot today about being an advocate. So a lot of times we wanna help, but we don't know how. So there are specific resources for how to be a good ally. There are resources for having conversations with your kids about race, yeah. right? So we're having this conversation very casually, but imagine if I was a 12 year old, right? A lot of caregivers say, I don't know how to talk about this. So we have resources for having those conversations. And then for teenagers and emerging adults who are interested in kind of working through um, some of the cognitive, so the mental strategies that we talk about. So when you want to fight, what 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 else can you do or how can you fight effectively mm-hmm. um the racial trauma guide is also associated with the racial care package um that teens can utilize and strategies that they can um kind of follow along again with myself and my graduate students we do training videos we show demonstrations for in the moment how do you respond to somebody if they call you a racial slur or if they give you a backhanded compliment um how do you calm your body down right if you're clenching your jaw, your jaws and your heart's beating really fast. What behavioral strategies can you utilize? Um, all of those are on the racial trauma guide and on the care package for racial healing. I love that. Let's go ahead and bookmark those right there. Uh, we're going to post it on our website too, so people could check it out and on our Facebook pages, because that's beautiful work that you're doing. Thank you so much. And you did. <laughs> so you mentioned my personal Instagram earlier, please, you guys. Don't follow that. It's a mess. But you can and you should follow the Empower Lab on Instagram. We are doing a lot of great work around the conversations around racial trauma and racial healing and racial socialization, which is the conversation that we can have with youth in our communities about racial stressors. Um, But if you are interested in travel and uh, my family and my nephew, (laughs) then certainly you can check out my my personal Instagram uh, as well. Great stuff. All right, let's get into our fast five. These are questions that I'm going to ask you, and you just answer the best of your ability. You cannot pass on these questions. No, I'm just playing. There's Come on, pop quiz. All right. Is this like a first thing that comes to mind? Yeah, first thing that comes to mind. All right. It could, All be, right. It could be one word. Here we go. Dr. Aisha Mesker's fast five. What is your guilty pleasure? Oh, it used to be Bad Girls Club. Right now, <laughs> oh, it's a podcast called Poor Minds. Mm. Um, they are two women from Atlanta and they are my friends in my head. So that is my guilty pleasure right now. Okay. We're going to try to link y'all up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a mess. And I would love to. All right. Number two, favorite campus to teach. Campus G, G-, 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 G- State. Yeah. Georgia State University. Let's go. Right. Drop that laser. G State. Panther, stand Let's go. up. <laughs> Oh, man, I got too many stories of being on that campus when I wasn't supposed to. Let's go ahead. Me too. Okay, so I was supposed to. I went to undergrad there, but we're going to have to share stories. (laughs) Absolutely. I had no business over there in in Athena, in Sparta. (laughs) Come on. I used to live in Indica. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, we'll talk off camera. Let's get to number three. That's so funny. (laughs) What is your favorite beach? Ooh, number two river is in Sierra Leone. It has orange sand. 
Oh, wow. I want to check. See, I want to go to Morocco for the black sand. Come on. I was just in Morocco and it is beautiful and hot, but mm. beautiful. Now yeah. I got to go to Sierra Leone for the orange sand beaches. Yes, we have seven of the most beautiful beaches in the world. You should. I, I have. I'm made of questions now. Let me get to the next one before I throw the whole interview off. What is your favorite snack that you grab at the gas station? At the gas station? Yeah, we running in. Jalapeno um, cheese puffs. Okay. She's a real one. Jalapeno, though. All the ladies are like hot snacks. You already know what time it is. I know. <laughs> I accept whatever it is. All right, let's go ahead and get to this next one. What would you tell little you that's about to start school and all these new experiences and you're being experiencing other people's viewpoints for the first time? Come on. I would tell little me to, uh, to be brave and to have fun and to always remember to love. My grandma would say, no follow back pumping. That means to make sure that I pick the right friends. Say it one more time. No follow bad company. So don't follow bad company, basically. Right. right. That's that's we talk about that a lot. The five people you with that really shape who you are. Absolutely. Pick All good right. friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Let me hit this hype bell. Give you a round of came through with the with like a tornado with all this information oh let's go this was amazing it was a whirlwind i really appreciate your pace i really appreciate the vibes look i'm gonna be vibing all day this was great awesome all right you guys stay tuned we're going to get into our mix but before we do that let's hit you with a little research peace of mind as the marathon continues as always and shout out to pops because usually we do that but pops knows best but today Reese's peace of mind is comes from this interview it's okay to admit you are not okay because every day isn't sunshine and candy sometimes that rain is going to fall it's okay to pick yourself up get that umbrella and if you need to ask somebody for a poncho you can and i'm not talking about precipitation all right, that's our Reese's Peace of Mind. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Amen. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Listen, I'm going to go. I'm going to sleep on that one. That is amazing. And certainly allow a mental health practitioner to be that umbrella if you need one. Call us. We're here to help. All right, let me right here on Reese Radio.